Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are warned that the following recordings may contain the sounds and voices of deceased persons. Conversations on Country is a series of diverse stories of place and being of the Gumbangia, Dangati, Biripai and Waramai nations. My name's Auntie Rhonda. I'm a strong Birupai Dangari woman, and we're sitting here at Blackman's Point. So Blackman's Point is north and south of Hastings River. Uh, beautiful afternoon here. And we have Wakan the crow in the background, so he's one of our spirit birds, so we won't mind him if he gets a bit talkative and loud, eh? I think for me, it's um, it's my responsibility to heal my trauma, and part of my trauma is is what my ancestors experienced. So, for me, I feel I have a strong obligation not to hand that on to the next generation, and that trauma I felt um, stem from loss of land, separated from family and unfinished business like here at Blackman's Point where we're, we're wanting some recognition, acknowledgement of what happened here as part of uh, the collective Australian history. And I think, you know, I always um, feel that we're here for a reason and I think Blackman's Point massacre is, you know, part of that story for me just to push that forward. As a child, I would um, I would go on the boats with, with Uncle, and one night I remember um, I would go with him, come out, he was um, doing a shot, putting a net out, and I was the only little one, and we were coming right over here, very close to the sandbar, and I just remember having this real strong sense of sadness and... Um, and real shiver in my bones uh, as a little one. And yeah, I think through, you know, that child's lens. I remember coming out, um, out onto the veranda because that's where we go to the toilet when we're little ones. And I would see this spirit at the end of this um, log that was overhanging uh, the creek and he would be just sitting there waiting. And yeah, I'd often see him there. And I just sort of had a sense, because I knew, knew the story then, that maybe he's waiting for something, for his spirit to be at rest or his family spirit to be at rest. It just seemed like, you know, something need to um, be done. As a, a child, I just saw I had this real sense. can't say uh, I knew when I first heard it because we're always eardropping as children so we maybe heard it but didn't hear it and then later on we had more of a conversation around it so you hear things but you know you, in some ways you're eardropping and it was adult talk yeah but um, yeah I can't say when but I, I know that time 
So I just recounted it's when I felt it. I felt the story. Well, the story was that that's quite a few. What's come through our story, there was quite a few. There was you know, a suggestion about 300 Aboriginal people were herded down here and were herded in onto the sandbar and they were just mowed down, they were shot. And um, what happened was that the women were raped before they were shot. There's no mention uh, in the records in, um, about the children, but we know through, through um, our oral, oral story that the women didn't go th anywhere without the children, but there was no mention of the children. Um, and that's what, you know, what the resistance was. Well, there's no written evidence, but there is evidence in um, Wilson's diary. So of saying about the killing of the men and the raping of the women, but there's the children that's in our story. Where's the children? We know the children were also um, part of that killing. You know, you've got to set the scene in those days where, you know, we weren't even considered human. You know, when we talk to people about that, they just can't get their head around it. How could that be? But that's just part of our history and you've got to go back and look at those times. And, you know, we had some stories where, you know, that come through, but a lot of the time, you know, it was sort of bad business. Like, we, we as Aboriginal people, you know, we'll just moving across the land in practicing our culture and in lots of ways um, it was quite different to how white followers would move across the land because they it was all about ownership owning something as I think our mob I know our mob it was more having a relationship with it so you know that might be just a tree um, to a white follower cut it down because I'll you know I want to want to live there sort of thing but you might have been ta taken someone's kin out we had a relationship maybe with that area so for me you know when I'm Birupai Dungari um, born in Port Macquarie so I have a real spirit connection here to um, Port Macquarie and surrounding areas all the I suppose the land I've walked over I've felt um, a sense of belonging to and I'm forever, will be forever grateful for that because that's what gives me strength, that real connection to Nyabarai, Mother Earth. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things in play when we start talking, you know, about why people resist or how people feel. Um, we talk about generational trauma, we talk about generational guilt. And we, you know, talk about the resistance because this area, if it's then recognised as a massacre site, will it reduce, you know, property? <laughs> That's where, you know, some people were coming from. But, you know, um, it, my property's not going to be worth as much because it's near a massacre site. I don't know if that's true or not. But we shouldn't, you know, people would come here and feel it anyway. We have a story of um, 
this lady that contacted the Birupai Land Council some time ago and um, she had a little um, Aboriginal foster child and she came here and and she, she said that this little boy, he just laid down and he said, was very traumatised and he said, stop the noises, stop the screaming. And she rang the land council and said, did anything bad happen here? So even though we, we may resist wanting to know, I think there is a deep knowing that this is true, that something bad happened here. Conversations on Country is proudly brought to you by SBS and Saltwater Freshwater Arts Alliance and was recorded on Gumbangia, Dangati, Biripai and Warramai land. Our storyteller for this episode was proud Biripai woman, Rhonda Radley. Theme music was recorded by Grow the Music with Carrie Munro-Greentree on guitar and Ben Ferguson on didgeridoo. Special thanks also to Maddie Whitford. Production of this podcast series was by Simon Portis and Liz Keane from Headline Productions, with additional production by Maddie Whitford. A big thank you also to the Murabai Aboriginal Language and Culture Cooperative for their guidance. I'm Michael Jarrett. Darundang.